Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian, and I am very, very excited because today I have a very longtime friend of the show. It is Mike from Convictions. Mike, man, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. I uh, I just woke up, so oh, okay. I uh, I got a bang citrus twist in front of me. So hopefully, I'm uh, going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that is that some I actually don't know that. Is that an energy drink? Do you need some caffeine? Oh yeah. No, it's um Yeah, this is one of the uh, many energy drinks that I'll consume throughout the day. It's pretty bad. Um <laughs> working third shifts at a uh, local FedEx here, so I'm I uh I need all I can get as far as energy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you you must be stacked full of stuff. I I mean, I have a buddy who works UPS and then obviously we all know how shipments have been with everything. So yeah, you must really need that that energy and third shift sounds really rough. Oh yeah. It's uh very physically demanding. And then yeah, like first thing I wake up in the day, it's like doing anything I can for convictions and mm-hmm. so it's like working double time uh both physically and mentally, creatively demanding. So any little bit of coffee or if I can find a some energy drink I might like, uh which is I know a bad habit, but uh <laughs> I'll take it, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I actually, I think I just talked about that on another show I recorded. That's my, besides exercise, that's my one addiction is soda. And I, I go back and forth. Like I'll take a couple years off and then I'll go back. And right now I'm probably two months in to not drinking any soda. But I was really surprised. I haven't had any of the withdrawals, no cravings, no headaches, nothing like that. So I'm actually really happy. But I do, I don't know why, but I do miss it in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy you mentioned that. I haven't had a um, any like Coke, Coca-Cola mm-hmm. in uh, I feel like in years. And I went to see Mortal Kombat <laughs> over the weekend and I got, I got a Coke and it tasted so funny to me. And I was like, I know I haven't had this in like maybe a few years, but like, why does it taste so weird? So then I like went back to concession, got another one still tasted funny so i asked the lady if i could just have a bottled coke and she was like yeah same thing happened and i'm like is this just me friends try it and they're like no it's all good i'm like is it me like what's going on it was the funniest feeling i think it's just because i i went so long i don't know if you have that problem yeah your taste must have changed i mean for me i can tell you i haven't had a regular coke for i mean it's, it's probably going on 20 years like when i was a kid like i think for me i fell into that coke zero thing i don't know why i love that taste more than a regular coke so i bet you if i drank a regular coke right now i'd be like oh this doesn't taste right just like you yeah like i the way i view like sodas and stuff it's like i have to have a purpose like i pretty much only drink like mountain dew because it's like (laughs) uh like a straight to dvd energy drink if you will like it's just like you know, like it serves a purpose. It tastes pretty good. But like Coke or like Sprite, like I just don't, there's nothing really, you know, like it's not doing anything for me, like a coffee or a water, you know, or something sure. would. So I just avoid them. No, that definitely makes sense. And that is good. I mean, besides drinking tons of energy drinks. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I definitely get a lot of slack for it. But um, usually I prefer coffee, but I'm running a little low. So I picked up a bang. Gotcha. <laughs> well, look, if that's your only vice, then I think you're doing pretty well. Yeah, I would say it's probably that and like ranch dressing. (laughs) (laughs) Midwest. (laughs) Well, tell me, I mean, look, we're going to talk a lot about convictions, obviously, but 
I do enjoy hearing about what you've been doing. How was Mortal Kombat? Because I also watched that, but I did not go to a movie theater. What was the whole movie theater experience like after so long? Dude, it was nuts. I uh, that was my first movie, uh, like movie theater experience I've had in well since COVID. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I was really excited for it. Uh, it was re- it was really strange though. Like I I was asking coworkers like, how do I even do this? Like, do I have to like go online and get a ticket? You know, and then like maybe they'll be open, but uh, it was pretty easy. Uh, they just had us assign, you know, like assigned seating, mm-hmm. and uh, they like take out a, a row in front of you and behind you. And then whatever seat is to your left and right of the group. So okay. a lot of the seats like no go. Uh, but when we got there, like it was like I think a lot of people just didn't show up. So there was um, there was a lot of like options for us to sit. Mm-hmm. And uh, overall, I mean, it was great. It was like one of those Dolby XD theaters. And I'm like a big movie nerd. So like that's like the best best way to see us, you know, like a movie, like if you're going to go all out. Right. But yeah, the movie was great. Uh, it was not. It was not like going to get any Oscar nods or anything like that <laughs> as far as like acting and stuff. And the budget was pretty low. I looked into that. But mm-hmm. um, you know, like I got everything I wanted. You know, it was gory, action filled fighting. Uh, there was a bit of lore mm-hmm. and there was a bit of gore. So, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. And I'll, I'll address the movie thing first. So I actually really like that idea of having all that space. Because I think that oh, was yeah. some, you know, like I, I enjoy going to the theater for the experience, but I think what ruined my experience more than anything wasn't even the movies I was going to see. It was the people in the theater. So before COVID, I was like, man, I am completely done with this. I don't want any part of it. But now to be able to have that space and to have people oh, yeah. probably being, I would assume, maybe even more quiet, more respectful, like that's something that I would really enjoy. Yeah, like you consciously have to decide, like, okay, I'm gonna go out to the theater, you know, like because of the pandemic. And uh, I'm with you on that. I'm a big like, uh, I'm really uptight about going to movies. Like, I if I can, I try to sit directly in the middle of the theater, like middle of the row, middle of the entire theater, to get the best experience. If I see anybody on their phone or anything, like it just takes me out of it, and I get very frustrated. Um, I go to a movie theater to have that escapism. It's like the biggest thing for me i i love going to the theaters i love film like yeah i'm with you on that don't ruin my movies yes <laughs> exactly now i would assume as well you know being a vocalist yourself and you know and we're going to get into some of the diy stuff being independent now and everything too but yeah. would you in the future if you could obviously a lot of artists are building their own studios at home they're making sure that they've got their own vocal booths you know all that kind of stuff so that you can really record the best you can in your home setting would you also kind of make that theater experience for yourself if you could <laughs> yeah that's funny you bring that up that's one of my bucket lists nice. uh, i would yeah i uh, i definitely want to have my own like home move like movie theater i'm talking projector screen mm-hmm. elevated multi-level seating sound panels like full either 7.1 or 5.1 surround sound like yeah like it's on my i have actually a projector that i i use quite frequently um but uh yeah i uh i love the whole movie theater experience that's definitely one of my bucket lists for sure i would do it oh yeah that's awesome yeah and by the way so i i also like i said i watched mortal kombat and i was pleasantly surprised I, I don't know necessarily what I expected going into it, 
but I would say I had a lot of fun. I legitimately, and this is hard for me to do unless it is like a very poignant comedy or, or something, but mm-hmm. I laughed out loud multiple times and not, and actually on purpose. So not, you know, not going like, oh no, that's a dumb character. Like, what are they doing here? Oh, that's so stupid. Let me laugh at it. Like some of Kano's one-liners. Yeah, they were actually yeah. funny. Yeah, I was definitely getting like that, like uh, almost like Ryan Reynolds, deadpool kind of uh, humor. It was, it was great. It was, it was definitely a comic relief because he, he would respond the way I think any normal person would when he was like, you're throwing that Harry Potter, you know, crap yeah. on me. Like, what, you know, I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, no, it worked out really well. I, I appreciated that. I thought in general, even for a lower budget, I thought the CGI yeah. was fine. Like there wasn't anything completely glaring, you know, throughout the yeah. entire thing. And then even some of the, like you mentioned, the gory, like the kills, there were even some really cool stuff that I didn't think that they'd go through and do. But they did, yeah. and that's not normally my type of movie. But I really appreciated them just going for it. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe, maybe it's because when you look at the Oscars, like that just happened, you look at there, and it's everything is so depressing, and everything mm-hmm. just like you might watch it once, you'd be like, oh, I can see why this person is talented, whether it's acting, directing, filmmaking, whatever it happens to be. But then it's like, would I watch this movie again? I, I don't yeah. think so. But like I would put on Mortal Kombat right now just and just have it in the background because who cares? Right. Yeah, I think that's something that I feel not to get like too political or serious, but like I think that's just a nice welcome thing with you know, the way like things have been lately, you know, it's yeah. just kind of something hearted and fun. And, you know, like, there was quite a bit of fan service, like giving it that strong R rating, you know, like if it were like a PG thirteen movie, <laughs> like I th- but it would be like, what are you doing? It's Mortal Kombat. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, it was just something welcomed and, you know, just to kind of like distract us a bit. And I, I really welcomed that. Yeah. Same thing with like Godzilla. You know, it was just like, this is ridiculous, but hey, it's fun. Let's watch it together with some friends, you know? Yeah. I also didn't mind that as much. Like, I, I don't think I connected to that one as much because I'm not a huge fan of that franchise. But I was like, yeah, for what this is. It's worth the two hours or whatever it was, you know, take out that Millie Bobby Brown side story, whatever, which I'm sure everyone says. But other than that, the CGI was good. It's two huge creatures fighting like who cares? (laughs) Once again, it's just okay. I will give that a shot. And for me having HBO Max, I actually like having it because I would never pay for these movies normally myself. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah no that's that's awesome man so we're gonna obviously like i said we're gonna talk a lot of convictions but we're coming we're kind of coming out right now of covid is there anything Mm -hmm. and i kind of are you still in ohio yeah yep okay how has ohio been handling things like are you guys like completely out of it now um it seems to be pretty relaxed i mean i i I haven't really, I'm, I haven't really left Ohio, so I don't really know, you know, as far as like what other states are like. Sure. Uh, but uh, it seems to be pretty normal. I, you know, there's restaurants open. There's, there are uh, quite a few like curfews and stuff put in place. Like you, I think a lot of these restaurants close at ten, like hard close at ten, like sure. they'll kick you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but uh i mean it's pretty relaxed for the most part i think it's starting to i wouldn't be surprised if like they're gonna lift masks by like midsummer or something i would i really wouldn't be surprised okay now how are you and the band feeling about that like are you guys already planning things have you guys been able to get together as much as you want to we're actually working that out like in real time right now like oh. um as soon as you and i get off here i'm gonna be getting with them because uh we're uh we are like getting a few offers in for the summer mm -hmm. but we're being like super careful about that because uh i know like texas and florida are available yeah and and that's great and we've looked into that a little bit but uh for us it's a bit of a stretch because we have to we're all spread out throughout the country so when we get together it's it's an it's an event basically like we need to hit the road and tour we can't just do like one-off things like a you know like a live stream here and like a, maybe in a week or two we'll go here like mm -hmm. it's kind of have to plan this stuff out and we can't really like tour right now so it's really tricky for us and you know it's a bummer like i really you know i want to take these offers and i want to get on the road and it's just like how do we do this and is this appropriate you right. know i don't want to you know, taking advantage of like Texas and Florida when maybe something else could come up and then we have to pass on it. And then that's not really fair. And it's just, it's very tricky. So we're just trying to navigate that right now. It's, it's a bummer. I really want to get out there. Yeah. Um, we want to do it the right way, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I think you guys are being, you know, You'll see how the, your talks go, obviously, but it seems like you guys are being responsible. And one of the big reasons, obviously, that you want to go out and be able to really do the thing that you love is that, you know, we're recording this early, but, you know, you've got your brand new EP, I Won't Survive, coming out. And normally when something like that comes out, and it comes out May 7th, what you want right. is you want to be able to tour with it. Because in this yeah. scene, that's, that's how you get things out there yeah that's what you do and uh and we're aware of that you know like we're definitely putting together um you know we're putting together something <laughs> uh it'll be like a full live stream if we have to do a, a headliner um maybe a bit later like fall mm -hmm. or you know we can find something that it's it's basically just up to you know when can we uh but we're definitely trying to put something together we know we have to and we want to. Right. It's just, uh, yeah, how, how are we going to do this? So it's it's still tough. I'm going to be getting with our booking agents here in a second mm -hmm. after the call probably <laughs> and trying to, you know, like what's the earliest, when is the, you know, most appropriate and, you know, how, it, yeah, <laughs> it's very <laughs> tricky. Right. Well, does it, I guess one of the one of the main questions too is, I mean, with the EP coming out on May 7th, we're almost there right now. Does it kind of take some of that excitement away from it or that enjoyment of that release of something that you're so proud of that you want people to hear? Is it a little mm -hmm. bit muted for you? You know what I mean? Not really. Uh, it's just different. Mm -hmm. Like right now, everything's digital. So it's like figuring out how to hone that in. So really, it's been like YouTube. Like we've been connecting with other bands and like people who do reactions and reviews in podcasts like this, like I have almost all the time I, I could ever want to connect with, uh, you know, press and, uh, promotional, you know, avenues and just cool conversations like this and just any 
you know, any bit I can to get the word out. So it's kind of cool to do that instead of just like putting it out and then just running off and playing shows and uh. hoping for the best, you know, like it's just different and I, I don't mind it. It's cool. And it's actually forcing me to, I guess, step out of my comfort zone and kind of be more of a, I don't want to say spokesman, but like kind of stepping behind the camera a bit more and being connected with the audience, uh, you know, socially online, you know, huh. instead of, you know, so it's not bad. It's actually pretty cool because we get to engage a bit more uh, just in a different way. True. Yeah, I guess your engagement before would have been more, you know, you're on stage, you're trying to connect with right. the audience and then what you would do, you know, at the merch booth or something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. So this has to be, and I mean, you've been on the show before, Josh has been on the show before. You're not a stranger to doing interviews, you're not a stranger to podcasts, but it absolutely does. I guess the question would be for you, mm -hmm. does doing this kind of thing make you feel uncomfortable or are you getting to that point where you enjoy it or you get the point behind it? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Like Josh and I have been talking about like TikTok a lot, uh, <laughs> you know, it's silly, but it's, it's really like, like bringing up the idea to like TikTok to like my like uh, coworkers and stuff. They're like, what? That's for kids, you know? And it's like, well, yeah, but it's also not like, there's a lot of like subgroups and the music community is like really strong there. <laughs> and so like getting in front of the camera and just being creative and fun. Uh, it's definitely, it's different. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's almost like being on stage, but it's, uh, you, you know, you really got to be creative and, and find a way to keep someone's attention. And it's definitely a big learning curve and makes me feel old, but, uh, <laughs> uh, it's cool. I, uh, I definitely want to get better at it. And, um, it's something I feel like is, is necessary for, um, you know, artists now you got to, you can't just play a show and, you know, break a couple guitars on stage and get people talking. Like you gotta, you, you're, you gotta do it different now. You gotta be kind of a uh, personality, if you will. Sure. Yeah. That's, and that's a tough situation. I know, I think one of the big things too, that I've noticed, and it, it started to happen even before COVID or even during when TikTok was getting big and people were kind of jumping on that, you also have Twitch. And then mm -hmm. you also, on top of that, have that almost every band in the scene has their own Twitch channel and podcast. Yeah. I started doing this so long ago that there was no band that had their own podcast. So it's kind of weird now because you kind of you kind of question what your place is because sure you want to do this to promote the music like I love talking to you and other bands because I truly love your music and I want it to get out there and I enjoy having these types of conversations but then you question if bands are able to just talk to themselves and put mm -hmm. that out to everybody they're kind of it's almost like they're not challenging themselves anymore to have an actual conversation. Now it's like people can just go and watch a band's Twitch site where they're going to play video games. Yeah. And that's it. So to me, it's a it's a learning curve as well. Like you're kind of learning to do more of this stuff. I'm also trying to figure out where my foothold in a marketplace is anymore. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? It doesn't even matter how long you've been doing it. Yeah. There's so many podcasts now. It's crazy. Um, which is really cool, you know, like for, for me, sure, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I can see it, but it's, 
uh, it can be challenging, but maybe there's some good in there, you know, like you can network and collaborate and cross promote and, uh, you know, same with us and the bands, like, uh, there's this band that we just started getting connected with, uh, on YouTube. I think they're called, they're, uh, true shot, shout out true shot. Oh, uh, sure. yeah, they, uh, they do, they do a, uh, a YouTube and, and I think they have a, maybe a Twitch or, uh, but I'm watching them and I'm like, wow, like they're just about our size, but look at the engagement. I'm like, wow. Right. <laughs> like, I'm like, we should be doing that. But for us, it's a little difficult. We're all across the country. So True. I'm thinking, how do we navigate that? But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to think, what is this going to be like when, uh, we're able to tour again and travel the country? Like, am I able to still TikTok? Like, what <laughs> is that going to look like? Am I able to still do podcasts? Am I going to be rushing off to Starbucks and, fighting for wi-fi like how is this gonna how am i gonna you know what i mean so right i think overall the pandemic has forced people to be uh resourceful and to adapt and to uh i guess find their their place in a uh, digital world if you will for sure and i think one of the things that you've also had to do as a band is for people that don't know you are an independent band now so you also have to do a very similar thing. You have to check, you know, how are we going to engage with people? How are we going to find our way in this, you know, area full of so many different scene bands and whatnot? So mm -hmm. I think that's that's one. And I know you've probably answered this a million times, but I think that's that's a very interesting story when a band has been with a label, especially for yourselves. I mean, you guys put out I Will Become and Hope for the Broken both on In Vogue. And now mm -hmm. you're independent. So what kind of went on behind the scenes? Was that kind of something to do with the whole Thriller Records thing? Was this something that you wanted to do yourselves to prove that you could do it? What was the thought process behind that? Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure uh, like where to start, really. I mean, we were working on Hope and we, we had finished that. And then John, our, our former bass player, had to step down for uh for health concerns he he was going through his kidney transplant and, right. and it was touring wasn't going to work out so he he ended up stepping down he's still very involved in the band though he actually does a lot of our videography nice. I mean, i'm getting with them tomorrow um shout out john yeah, uh, absolutely. But, uh we uh so we had to figure out okay where are we gonna go this is right after our record drop who are we going to find? Like, it was just a very scary moment for the band. And it was almost like we were facing this sink or swim scenario, or it was like, if we don't change uh, how we're doing things, we're going to, we're going to fail. And we, we just needed to kind of have that fresh start. Mm -hmm. And once we got Daniel into the fold uh, and we started working with another producer, it was just kind of a, uh, you know, we've kind of reached this kind of glass ceiling and it's kind of up to us now on where we go and how we, um, you know, take this. So it's kind of putting the, our fate in our own hands and being our own boss now in a way it's, it's definitely a new, I don't know. It's, it's just a new way of doing things and it's challenging, but mm -hmm. it's, it's really exciting. You know, it's kind of like taking back all our control and having, um, having fun with it. We've been able to, finance our own music videos and do our own campaigns and kind of, I don't know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. And it's exciting to think like I, we can do whatever we want. We can, right. I mean, you know, I'm new projects with uh, Josh here and, uh, and the bandmates. And it's like, dang, like I could just 
throw this idea out there and we could just do it. Like, why not? You know, it's really fun to like that now. And I don't know, it's exciting. There's no bad blood uh, with, uh, you know, people we've worked with in the past. Like everything ended really professionally and smooth and nothing bad to say about anybody. Really, we're we're happy. They seem to be doing well. All as well. Oh, yeah. No, that's and believe me. I wasn't digging for dirt there or anything. It's just <laughs> there's always there's always an interesting. I think that's obviously an interesting step for bands and especially nowadays, especially in the scene, you know, sometimes there are going to be bands that they're just going to go on themselves. They're just going to be DIY because they don't see the point in a label. And then there's still going to be those bands that always are looking for a label because they, they think quote unquote, they've made it, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't think you guys were ever like that. It's just now you're at a point where you're an established band that is now becoming independent and it it's an interesting story just like you said you have to find out you know how to navigate this area and you're able to yeah. do whatever you want and everything that you do is going to directly impact you more than it might have had you been with a label yeah it's it's kind of scary but i don't know like i feel like the perception of that is definitely going to quickly I don't know. It could fade out. Like there's definitely, you know, a great label and a great team will take any artist to another level, like without a doubt. Mm -hmm. And I would love to have that for sure. Um, but I think when these newer bands and stuff are going to be coming up or younger generation, like the resources we have for like on social media and reach and getting traction and recording at home, like you mentioned earlier, like it's going to be, um, it's going to be very easy for a new artist to, you know, take themselves up so much higher on their own. Yeah. So, you know, being at this stage and, you know, where we're at, it's like, well, you know, what makes sense and what can we do on our own to, you know, get ourselves to where we want to go. And it seems like we have a lot of resources now just to do what we want. And we have a great fan base to mm -hmm. help us out and support us. So, you know, I'm not complaining. Everything seems to be going okay. Yeah. No, it definitely. I mean, at least from what I've seen through social media, it definitely seems like you guys have a pretty powerful backing. So that that totally makes sense. Now, are you open though if if, you know, let's say you put out I won't survive and it gets traction and and labels are interested, is it something you'll always listen to or are you kind of focusing on seeing what you guys can do by yourself right now? Uh bit of both uh i mean we love like you know if, if someone wants to talk to us like of course we'll give them time of day mm -hmm. uh but uh there's been some really cool labels that have given us the runaround and for years and it's frustrating and it's you know you get your hopes up and then you start to question like um you know do do they even believe in what we're doing or do they care about what we're doing or was it just like a you know an overnight thing like it's uh. it's like I would rather have somebody that really cares and believes in what we're doing, you know, that wants to stick around through thick and thin. Mm -hmm. That's hard to find. So it's, there's a lot to consider, you know, but, uh, it's nice having the ball in our court, I guess, as far as what we do next and how we do it. And we all believe wholeheartedly in what we're doing and, you know, maybe that's enough, but, of course, like if the right label comes around and it makes sense and 
we have this you know, we're able to put together a team like that would be incredible of course like yeah perfect answer that was definitely <laughs> that was definitely perfect so you know i'm very glad to hear about john it's it's great to hear that he's doing well and still connected with the band and everything you mentioned daniel coming in so i definitely wanted to ask you were there any kind of growing pains with daniel you know he, since he's going to be doing backup vocals with you as well how did those dynamics end up working out for you uh it's it's a pretty interesting dynamic uh for those who don't know uh daniel is i uh he's awesome he's a he was a photographer and i guess you could say he still is but uh, he was like shooting professionally in like a studio and when bands would come through uh his home state uh arizona he he would shoot them and convictions was one of those bands we would come through and he would shoot us and we just kind of had this like like gear you know long going friendship we'd hit him up be like hey man like coming through and he'd shoot us and we kept in touch and uh and then years down the road i found out like he was doing vocals and he had youtube covers and um when uh john stepped down he was one of the people that reached out to us and it was just kind of cool to bring him into the fold eventually him joining the band it was uh it's just kind of trippy because it was like this is somebody who was like a fan of our band and understands what we're doing and believes in it. Mm-hmm. And now he kind of, it's like we're ha- we have somebody on the inside in a way because he he knows he's known like what we are and he had his own idea of what we are. And it kind of helps us find that trajectory, I guess, of like where we should go, where uh, I guess like a fan would see us going. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like keeps us grounded. So it's really, uh, I don't know, it's really it's pretty cool. It's almost like that movie Rockstar with Mark yes. Wahlberg. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool though. Yeah, he's very talented in like everything he does. Uh, uh, a young, fresh breath of air. He's got that youthful energy. I think that the band needed, Yeah, you know, just kind of a, a fresh perspective. And yeah. yeah, he's been doing amazing things for us. It's, it's great. Now, do you also not let him write? Anything just like in the movie Rockstar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a writer. Uh, he's great. He uh, he has his own band actually. Um, World Divided. Shout out. And uh, okay. he uh, yeah he's he writes his own music. He uh, he's definitely like coming into the fold as a as a writer and, and convictions. He did the uh, the Hurricane course oh, melody. Cool. He he wrote his own uh, cor- lyrics and course for. Uh, price of grace which is easily the most catchiest thing on the record sure um and he plays guitar and bass and everything so yeah he's no he's he's jumping in it that's he's awesome. doing well no that's that's great to hear now you mentioned hurricane that single came out in 2019 so <laughs> yeah. i mean it, it's so weird to think about it i mean the album's coming out may 7 2021 was the entire ep done back then no okay. um so hurricane was put together yeah like early 2019 that was uh when we were still with Vogue, mm-hmm. uh and that was like kind of our like segue to going diy uh we did that one single with andrew just to see you know what it would be like working with this new producer mm-hmm. uh for those who don't know andrew like does all the data remember and ghost inside and, oh yeah uh, or like he's a big name yep uh incredible experience we were able to kind of find a new vision for our band and like how we want to approach music 
And it was just kind of this big aha, the lights on moment where we're like, oh my gosh, like this is what we're going to do now. Uh, so it was just this really big, exciting thing. And we were just going to release a single on its own. Uh, but then like with touring and then COVID, it was just like, we had a few songs that we were sitting on and then it was like, okay, let's get these out. Uh, and then it ended up getting pushed back to early 21. It was just like a, a few setbacks. We ended up going back and recording a few more songs. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, well, we can't really fund a full length on our own. So let's kind of make it like a really long EP. Um, it was just like a, it's just kind of like, okay, well, let's grab Hurricane because we did that with the same producer and it also conceptually matches what we're doing here. Uh, I Won't Survive. We're doing all interviews. There, Every song is like an interview, a true story of someone who we know who's gone through like a survival story. Mm -hmm. And uh, it fit the concept and our new vision. And so like it just became uh, one of the tracks on the on our new release here. Yeah. Well, let me let me hone in on something that you mentioned because I definitely wanted to address it. So, when you say interview, did you legitimately have interviews with people or are you talking about the concept of the way that you're going about vocalizing and presenting the track itself as kind of this is like what someone would say to you if you were asking them questions? No, no, they're real interviews. Okay. Uh, I did I did like FaceTimes, phone calls, uh, texting, I, I wrote out lots of questions. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I treated it like, you know, a reporter would, if you will. Oh. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, there were some incredible people that we've met touring throughout the years and they had shared some of their stories and we, you know, ended up circling back to these guys and, um, and some family members and we were like, Hey, like, how would you feel about this? And, uh, you know, if we share this, do you mind if I, you know, if I ask you some, you know, really in-depth sensitive questions and everybody was so cool mm -hmm. and brave and strong about it and uh yeah we were able to get some really great content and uh the i think the hardest part really was just trying to portray their stories authentically and honor it you know as best i can that was probably the hardest part because i don't want to just you know whatever it yeah and uh yeah I'm, this is probably the most proud i've ever been of any anything we've ever put out that is very cool and that is really good to hear and yeah i mean when you sent me the ep and i've all, all ah, and obviously i listened to all the singles multiple times you know and it was a big deal hearing those singles and then to hear the entire ep i messaged you and i'm not mm -hmm. sure i've ever message someone because obviously been doing this a long time i get a lot of advanced you know copies of things i do reviews i do these interviews i don't know if i've ever messaged someone the way i messaged you because there have been many many eps albums whatever that i've loved and i'm like oh man this kicks ass this is so well done so well produced blah 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 whatever it happens to be this one hit me emotionally and I don't know, that's definitely happened in the past, but not to this level. And I think I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to explain it to you because I wanted to say, like, it's a, it's not a tough listen because that yeah. is a negative. You know what I mean? You don't want to say something's tough to listen to because this album isn't tough to listen to as in it's bad or it's not well done or it's not well produced or anything yeah. like that. It's a, it's an amazing EP, it's an amazing release, 
but the topics that you talk about and how you, just like what you just said, how you captured that narrative and how you were able to present that to people, I think was so well done. And it just made me think of personal experiences that I've had. It made me think of the possibilities of other you know, awful things that could happen in the future. And yeah. I know that sounds weird to say that, but I don't know. I've always been one of those people that likes truth and passion in my music. And that's mm -hmm. what I heard in this. And I think that means something, especially to fans of yours and to people who are going through a lot in their life. It, it's not a, I've said this on the show before with some other things. Mm -hmm. It's not being happy that someone else is going through similar things. Yeah. But it's it's comforting to know that they can get through it. Yeah, I think that's kind of the idea. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, I want someone who may be struggling to hear something like that and go, oh my gosh, like, this is exactly how I feel. Mm -hmm. And now I know that I'm not alone. And this is easier. Like, that would be the best outcome, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you're right. Like, it's weird because I'm really excited and I'm so proud. And this is some of these songs are so fun to listen to, like sonically mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, whatever and, and rock out. But I can't get, I can't be like too stoked or like too enthusiastic because it almost comes off insensitive or, right. or it almost feels awkward and and some of the people that reacted to our our music on like youtube they were that you know they're filming themselves they come a lot of these guys are doing that they're like they're like oh, i don't know how to feel and like I, I almost feel bad but at the same time i'm like that's that's a really good thing because you i wanted to make i want i want to make heavy music on purpose like i want i want to scream for a reason you know mm -hmm. i don't want to just whatever like i'm trying to project an emotion and i want you to feel something that's like the goal, I think, for these songs. I want you to feel something and to, you know, empath have empathy and, and to see the, through someone else's eyes. That's the goal. And and it's kind of an awkward thing. But at the same time, the people that we've written these songs for love love the songs or they love the music and they and they love the message and they want to help. And that gives me a bit of peace because like I'm like, no, this is this is a good thing and this is awesome. Mm -hmm. And let's have fun. You know, right. so it's I kind of go back to that. Yeah, I um, I like to listen to like uh, the Price of Grace, one of my favorite songs, and like I, I'm really proud of that, and I like I can headbang and sing along, and uh, it doesn't, it, it feels, it doesn't bother me. I think it's cool. I think uh, the people that have helped me write that, written that song, are, are great, and uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I think we were given that pass to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I completely understand. And yeah, it's a it's a tough position to be in. But I think, I mean, I, I'm butchering the quote, I'm sure. And I, I do not remember who said it, unfortunately. But didn't someone say that art itself is supposed to be offensive? You know what I mean? Like it's supposed to be thought provoking. It's not always supposed to be mm -hmm. the exact same thing. Like you're not always supposed to have a... Yeah you know, a positive reaction to it, that kind of thing. No, definitely. Uh, you know, I don't, I definitely don't want to come off too pretentious here or like, you know, self-fulfilling ego or anything sure. like that. But 
um that's how i view film you know we talked about movies earlier like there's some movies you 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 watch and you, and you tell yourself i'm never gonna watch that again because it was so difficult or it it hit me in a sensitive way mm-hmm. but i am so grateful i did that or um it helped me tap into something that i needed to kind of sort out or maybe you go to a museum and you see something so ugly but you think about it all the time and then you you know you realize like well that was effective and that worked and if that's what happens with these songs for some for some people that's great because i'd rather have a um, meaningful impact or a maybe a uh, more of a longevity approach than just kind of a fly by night whatever song like if we can do make a difference or you know have some type of impact that's that's worth it to me right yeah and i think you know just for people who are listening to this and they haven't you know had a chance to listen to the full thing yet i think one of the things to mention is you really can separate things as well if if for some reason someone doesn't attach themselves to the lyrics this is a heavy EP. I mean, this is a heavy release. There are plenty of places that you're going to be banging your head. There are plenty of places where I was thinking, wow, when I see Convictions live again, people are going to go crazy for this. So, yeah, you know what I mean? And it's not just it's not just the lyrics. It's everything that makes up that song that people are going to be able to have a connection to. So if you don't or if you think that the lyrics are sad and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to connect to that as much. You still got the music. It's it's not like all of a sudden mm-hmm. the violins start playing and you know here's sad 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 part. Yeah, it, you know it's it's not that. There's a lot that goes into this, and I think you guys did a great job of that balance of you've got you know the singing, you've got the clean vocals, you've got the really really heavy low unclean screams. And then you've got some really progressive guitar work in there. You've got some mm-hmm. really good effects. I mean, a lot. Uh, some of it sounds similar to like when uh, Landon Tours does AI six forty. There was a lot of that kind of like metallic, you know, sounds in the songs as well. And each thing is a different projection of the story or the interview that you're telling. But not only lyric wise, but also in the instrumentation as well. Yeah, I think that was a goal. Uh, and I have to, you know, I, I have to tip the hat to Andrew Wade, uh, incredible producer, mm-hmm. um, really spent a lot of time in the studio, not even recording our, our music. We just sat and just talked oh. and just figured out how to approach this and the lyrics. And we spent so much time dissecting things and experimenting and really trying to put purpose and effectiveness into this. And uh, I have to yeah, I have to um, credit him. He was incredible to work with. Absolutely. But, no. um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, but yeah, I was just kind of wrapping that up. Uh, the thought and intention behind everything definitely had direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andrew was definitely the uh, cornerstone of that for sure. It felt while I was listening to it, and I, I have listened over and over and over, and not just because of this, but also because I really, I really enjoy it. Did Andrew and yourselves make the decision to have it sound more raw because, you know, I go back, I listen to your discography, you know, I have a Mm -hmm. lot of different songs playing. And then also I like to just go back and listen to your stuff from time to time anyways. And a lot of that material sounded a lot more polished at times than I won't survive. Not as a bad thing. It sounds like you were trying for that raw feeling. 
that's interesting. I, no, I, I didn't even really think of it that way. In, in my opinion, I'm like, I will survive is probably the most polished. Interesting. Know, okay. At least as far as maybe production, um, you know, like there's synth and there's, uh, there is violin and there is a lot there of is, like, there is, that one too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is a lot of, uh, new, new things that we're doing, uh, production wise, at least, mm-hmm. uh, I guess by raw, um, I don't know. I mean, I, Josh spent an insane amount of time, almost too much time. It scared me at some points. I'm like, okay, like we really got to get the drums going or, you know, <laughs> but he spent a lot of time, um, developing new sounds. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of that, I mean, first and foremost, like what he's doing is intentional and does have like, if he's doing like a crazy wand screech, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, there's also the like, the thought process of like, let's get people talking, you know, let's just do something crazy and ridiculous. Um, that'll, uh, make, you know, maybe make people want to show their friends or something. So there's like, maybe that's the raw approach where it's just kind of like being ridiculous and just experimenting with pedals and, and being, yeah, like raw and crazy. Uh, I know (laughs) with my screen, some of them aren't layered and it's just kind of like, I'm going to throw my voice up, but it, why not? You know, like it sounds sweet. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of, uh, like I, de- yeah, I definitely threw out my voice some of it, oh, but, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. I can, I can tell you were going, you were going really low and really strong with a lot you were doing. Yeah. Those, that, that stuff is really like, not to get too boring or talk your off about technique oh, no. and all Go that. Ahead. Um, the, uh, some of the more, I don't know, extreme stuff isn't too bad for your throat at least for me but it's the uh the really dry hardcore yelling like you'll hear in like the taglines that stuff like you you just scream like you're literally getting in a fight with somebody like that Ah. is like yeah like that's the only way i can do it where it's like um yeah if i'm gonna get in some crazy argument and i'm yelling uh this is what it would probably sound like so i'm just gonna do that (laughs) instead of like trying like you know some crazy technique and like (laughs) You wouldn't sound like that if you were fighting with somebody. You would, you know, that would be goofy. Right. Uh, I'm going to yell at you. So that was <laughs> probably the most uh, irresponsible thing I could have done vocally uh, <laughs> to record a song. But it, it worked. Nice. What was your recovery time like? Like after you did something like that, were you done for the day? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, what did I do? Um, I did The War That Followed Me Home. And then the next day I head off, but then I went and did uh, our last song, Last Cell, mm-hmm. and that was really tra- challenging at first, but then I kind of found my groove. Gotcha. But, oddly enough, The Price of Grace, I recorded that whole song, and I, I was talking to everybody just like I'm talking to you now. Like, I didn't lose my voice or anything. I was like, wow, I really figured it out. <laughs> and then, literally the next day, I went and did uh, Teeth, ah. which is a heavier song. <laughs> And that was that was just fine. So maybe I, I got better as a vocalist. I don't know. Those are the last two songs uh, I recorded on the whole thing. So uh, maybe I just found new skills during COVID. I don't know. I credit that. Yeah, there you, <laughs> there you go. So I did. I did. You know, talking about how you recorded, you know, certain tracks. There, I did have a question just in the way that you guys put the tracks together. So there's seven tracks. And number six, everything I ever told you is an instrumental. 
And I thought it was really interesting. And I know this is a very specific question, but I thought it was very interesting. That's not the intro. It's not the outro. It's number six. So you still have Last Cell, which deals with, you know, cancer. It's a, it's a heavy topic. Yeah. You know, everything I ever told you, I wouldn't say it's, I mean, maybe this is just my opinion. I wouldn't say uh-huh. it's a upbeat or uplifting instrumental. I would say it's maybe hopeful. It gives you the ability to contemplate, you know, what, yeah. what you're thinking or that, or that time. You know what I mean? It's letting things kind of settle in. But you did it right before the last track. It, it just seems such an interesting place to put it. Did you guys have a debate about that? How did you decide to do that? Um, I can't quite put my finger on a debate or um, a thought process. I can only, I guess, like, right at this moment, I can only give you my opinion. Sure. Uh, but uh, that's that song, Everything I Never Told You. Oh, did I say uh, Everything I Ever Told You? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my okay. apologies. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. Uh, everything I Never you um i got that title actually from a book i I haven't even read the book i don't know what it's about and i maybe i kind of i think i just kind of want to keep it at that yeah um but uh it's kind of like the idea to me everything i never told you is the idea of you know some of these songs the person that we're writing about isn't with us anymore Mm. so it's kind of like um giving you giving you process to giving the time to think about you know, maybe what would you have said and, and leaving it as just an instrumental with no vocals is kind of, uh, so yeah, it's, it's more, I think the intention is to give you time to think about, uh, you know, what, what you could have said or to maybe this loved one or what you, if you were struggling and going through something, what would you have said to, uh, maybe somebody you're leaving behind, Mm -hmm. but, uh, it's just kind of, I think the intention is just to allow you to think and to breathe a little bit. And that song was really special to me because this is our first time uh, having real physical uh, uh, violin uh, on a song. Like right. It's a real recording of a violin. It's not a synth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just experimenting. But also, like, Josh created a soundscape that I think is a bit cinematic so you can uh mentally kind of envision you know some kind of scene um and just to breathe and think and and that i think led into the next song i think really well and uh i think the record really needed something to uh allow the listener to breathe and create some type of dynamic that'll um break up the uh you know the heaviness and the this all the topics that we're throwing at you i think it does I, i think it needed to breathe sure and uh I don't know. I, I definitely want to do more stuff like that. And I have some ideas for the future. So this is going to be a conviction slash yellow card. Put everything together. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yellow card's cool. No, I'm thinking more. Uh, I, I don't know. I had this really ambitious idea about doing a um, almost like a uh, I think bring me did this, but a, uh, a record where it's almost all instrumental hmm. and it's like we would play uh we play like josh would do like interludes and stuff live between songs when i'm like talking with the crowd mm-hmm. and there's some on our records like serotonin or this this track I, everything i never told you i'm interested to see what it would sound like if we just did like uh just a piece of music like four songs or something where it's just like all instrumental and it would be like a uh um 
ambient kind of uh just to kind of expand our convictions universe if you will sure uh almost yeah i don't know i'm deaf i've been thinking about it a lot but the focus is i won't survive (laughs) (laughs) well of course of course but i mean maybe what you can do i mean being such a a film buff as you are Mm -hmm. if you were to kind of almost compose some tracks for some of your favorite movies or how your favorite movies or some movies have made you felt in the past that kind of thing yeah josh has actually talked about that because i um I really want to get into like filmmaking or, or directing, like uh, writing scripts and stuff. And Josh has been talking about writing scores because uh, he does so much soundscapes with his guitar and synths. Sure. So, yeah, there's definitely some ideas floating around, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I gotta I gotta bring up teeth because I know you just you know you just released a, a shirt for it, and it is mm-hmm. you know definitely quote unquote heaviest you know, track. I don't think there are any, there's no singing in that track, right? Yeah. We, um, we wanted to make a song where it was just screaming. Like we haven't really done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally the price of grace was going to be all screaming. Oh, uh, but, uh, teeth. Yeah. That was like our first take. I'm like, just how heavy can we get, uh, without being, uh, like I, I want to be heavy with intent, but, right, um, right. Yeah, it was just kind of, I think the idea was like, let's just get as heavy as we can get. And uh, it was just kind of like a short piece, more hardcore focused. Sure. And uh, that song is more of a summary of the uh, the release. It's kind of, it's that isn't necessarily a, uh, a true story. It's more of a, uh, a summary of the record. And yes. I used some uh, imagery that was inspired by uh, the uh, Divine Comedy, the uh, Dante's oh, sure. Inferno. Yeah, yeah. So right. like, Describing like hell and, and things like that, and then pulling some some bits from the Bible, like uh, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, so yeah, it was fun to make that. It was definitely really heavy. <laughs> That's where originally I was like, wait a second, that I I thought everything I never told you should have been right behind that. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Put it on shuffle. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, that's that is very true. That is very true. So. To, Ask a, a little bit more of a, of a serious question. I think a yeah, lot of yeah. people know the background behind the, the price of grace. And you, you talked about it on social media. I'm sure you've talked about it to other people as well. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the story of a fan of yours uh, that committed suicide. And one of, and this is a single, so a lot of people have heard this already. But when you listen to the track, there's lots of heaviness. There's, you know, the melody in the singing portion, but then there's also that kind of, not necessarily spoken word, but that speaking Mm -hmm. part there. And I know you mentioned that you did the interviews. Was that something, so the the person that the track is about is, you know, CJ and Travis. Travis was the person who took his life. Did CJ write that part for you or did you write that? No, that's real. Uh, Yeah, that's that's actually CJ's voice and that's a phone call. Oh, okay. Wow, that must have yeah. been. I mean, what was that? What was that experience like for you? Because that sounds, you know, it sounds gut wrenching. I mean, it's it's oh, yeah. got to be extremely tough. I mean, I I know you knew Travis not as well as CJ did, but you knew Travis, and then <laughs> to hear that raw emotion from CJ and to be able to capture that for the track. I mean, there's not many chances heart- you have to do something like that. No, that was really heartbreaking. Uh, so we were tinkering around with some ideas of having 
uh, phone calls from the people that we'd written about and maybe including it all into one song. Mm -hmm. uh, that was like one of the ideas because we had done that. Well, Convictions as did that uh, on their first EP, I Am Nothing. There's ah, like sure. phone calls that, but that's from a radio station. That's not an actual uh, direct call. Right. Uh, when I interviewed uh, CJ, he had told me about, uh, well, the song is written, it start, it's like real time. Uh, it starts when he receives the news of what happened. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he's in his dorm and he's circling the dorm. Uh, I kind of wanted to uh, dig into that a little bit more. So I asked him, uh, you know, and I was like, dude, this is, you do not have to do this. Like, please, please do not do this. If this is, you know, too much for you or if this is, you know, uncomfortable or, or too sensitive, I, I, I've already asked too much of you to help me write this song, you know. Um, but what would it be like if that night when you got that call, if you were to call, if you were to call Travis and he, you know, he wouldn't have picked up and you had to leave a voicemail, what would, what would you say? You know, uh, maybe, you know, and, and like, what would this help maybe with closure or something like that? And he was like, yeah, like this is, uh, let me think about this. Uh, you know, and I was like, dude, take as much time as you need. Like, again, do not do this. If you feel any, you know, any, anything telling you not to do this, you know, don't do it. Like we're not, we don't need this. Like, this is not, this is like more maybe for you, you know? And the, I, I'm, I think maybe we might be able to tap into something. And, uh, he, uh, he's like, yeah, let me, you know, let me have some time on this. And so, uh, he ended up leaving that voicemail and, you know, it was, it, it was so challenging because it's like, is this going to sound right, you know, mm -hmm. for a song? Maybe this is just for him. Uh, what do we do with this? And we were all in the studio and Zach and I heard it the first time and we were stunned because uh, it's so real. Like he, uh, CJ, like he, he took time to, you know, meditate on it, think about it. Mm -hmm. And then he like kind of went away for a little bit and then did this and gave us the permission to do it. And dude's incredible. Yeah. And, uh, I remember I, I was like, all right, guys, like, like, this is serious. Let's all get together and listen to this together. And, uh, the reactions on their faces, you know, it was real and hearing it, it almost sounds like it was from a movie or something like it's right. so real. It's, it's so real that it doesn't feel real. Like it sounds like it's like some Hollywood A-lister actor, you know, like it, it's so real. It's, it's real. <laughs> I have yeah. nothing else to say. It's real. And, uh, and yeah, he gave us the green light and, uh, you know, he said this, this whole process has helped him and that's incredible. And, uh, we've had a lot of people reach out to us saying that it helped them nice. and that's incredible. It's more than us. It's, you know, it's, it's more than us. Right. That's why I wanted to ask the question and, and go into the story a bit because it was so well done. It, it did feel real. It sounded real. So that I, I am very impressed that he was able to, you know, put something like that together and that you guys were able to fit it so perfectly in that track as well. It, it just mm -hmm. everything everything plays so well together and it is. It's a it's a heart-wrenching song and it's tough because unfortunately, I'm sure that probably every single person that is listening to this show has either had to deal with something like that in their personal lives or they're dealing with it themselves, you know, whichever 
side of the coin you're on, or if you've been on both, that's also the possibility too. It's just, I don't know. I find, I find tracks like this. I find music like this to be way more therapeutic than I do, you know, a hindrance. And I guess that's also a question to you is you're going to have to be going out soon, you know, most likely soon to play these live. How do you go through all of this all the time? Like, are you that emotive that you'll have to go through listening to this as you're screaming it, as you're going into it? Does your mind go to that mindset? Are you able to kind of push that back for the performance? Um, both, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, it can be emotionally exhausting for sure. Uh, but I don't know. Like, it's the emotion drives the music. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you don't have, I think with music and art, I guess like this, like you don't necessarily have to be on your A game performance. If you just let the emotions come first. Sure. Uh, I don't know how to really answer that. Like it's with convictions. I don't know. Like we, we don't really, I don't want to say we don't care about being tight or perfect or anything like that. Like we try, but sure. it's, mo- it's meant to be raw and it's meant to be real. And, and so if there's, you know, imperfections and cracks, I think that's only going to make it better. Yes. So, uh, I think we all give ourselves a permission to feel whatever we want to feel. And if, you know, if Zach ends up crying while drumming, like that's even better, (laughs) you know, like, it's like, (laughs) why, why not? Uh, no, that's, uh, that's a good way to be. Yeah. I I think, uh, being real is, is what's important and trying to honor the subject matter here. Mm-hmm. is uh more important than looking cool on stage so well I've, i mean i've seen you guys on stage you look cool on stage <laughs> right <laughs> it's like, we'll be all right yeah, yeah. you guys no, will be fine cool. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not worried <laughs> all right mike well i think that is the perfect time to end i just looked at the clock it seems like i do this a lot and i, I think people hear me say it. it's like oh i just looked at the clock but that is true. I, I kind of, I've been doing this for so long, I get lost in the conversation and I tend to look up around the same time, but it's because I'm so enthralled with what we're doing. Like I'm not bored. So the time just flies by. And I think we're at that point now where people's attention spans are a little iffy. So I think it's a good time <laughs> to, to end for right now. But I always enjoy my conversations with you. You're always welcome back on the show. I would love to talk even more in depth. More in depth. I know we did that today, but there's so much more that goes into your music as well. So we want to make sure that we get all the information out there for everybody. This is going to come out the week of the actual album. The you know the EP coming out. It's going to be May seventh. So make sure at this time of listening to this, you can go ahead and still pre-order. Obviously, convictions are, you know, now they're independent. So any merch orders, all that kind of stuff, buying a vinyl, pre-ordering, all that kind of stuff you can do is going to help them out immensely. And then obviously, Mike was talking about having, you know, TikTok and all that kind of stuff. And I will have links in the description of the episode so you can follow them on social media and, you know, just support them any way you can. But until then, Mike. What is the best way for people to support you guys? Man, you really, uh, you did my job for me. <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, the best way to support us definitely is merch. Uh, 
there's no middleman, so it goes straight to us, and that's more than appreciated. It helps us out so much. Uh, the best way to get a hold of us or, or to get in contact uh, is through definitely our social medias, Instagram, convictionsrock.com. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, YouTube. We're just about anywhere music would be. So uh, that would probably be the best way. It's just convictions or convictions rock if you're looking for a handle. There we go. Very nicely done. And yeah, I'll definitely have links for that as well. I definitely pre-ordered the vinyl because I really, really love this. I think so many of your old school fans are going to love I Won't Survive as well as new ones, people that might not have had a chance to hear you before. I think this is really going to get a lot of ears on the band. And I think it's one of the best releases of the year, and we're still early on in the year. But I just went through this over and over again, and I just love, like I said, I love hearing that truth. I love hearing that passion, and then just everything, vocal, music, instrumentation, everything coming together. I I just really love what you guys were able to put together here. So I'm going to always support you guys, and I really, really appreciate you taking the time out to be on the show. I always enjoy our conversations. I got to talk to you a little bit last year uh, when you were up. I think it was, I think I saw you in Bungalow in New Hampshire, but I don't, I don't believe that place exists anymore. So I hope the next time that you come up here, I hope that when you're able to tour again, that you make it back up to Boston because I always love seeing you guys live and catching up. So Mike, once again, good luck with I Won't Survive. I really hope, especially being independent, that this just really hits for you guys because you guys really do deserve it. So once again, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Sincerely, I I love that. Thank you.